Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. What's up, monkeys? Monkey Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode is a training update episode. It's a training update quickie episode. So, got my little journal here, and uh, so starting on October the 19th, 2020, of this fantastic year, I started keeping this monkey sesh training journal. And essentially, just you know, I essentially I'm trying to just keep a catalog of all the exercise I'm doing throughout the day. And what just came to me right now is I think what would actually be super effective moving forward is if I had timestamps. So right now I just have session one. You know, this is uh, October 23rd, for example. Session one was three rounds of 25 push-ups and 20 Cossacks. If you don't know what the Cossack is. One of my favorite leg exercises. Do a quick YouTube search, but essentially what it is is you take this wide stance, like wider than shoulder width stance, and you're essentially you're essentially doing these like lateral lunges all the way down, butt to heel. The leg that is lowering down, that's the butt to heel. The other leg remains extended, and your toes can kind of rotate up as you shift the weight onto your heel. But great exercise and. Uh, not known to everyone. So Cossacks, that's C-O-S-S-A-C-K-S. Check it out. But I have all, back to, back to my point, I've got all these little workouts written out or these exercises I'm doing throughout the day, but there's no timestamp, which I think is important for the context. Because again, most of these, I'm not doing all of this as one chunk in the day. It's broken up over multiple sessions throughout the day. So I, uh, I will work on adding timestamps to this, but just let me give you a little background where I'm at personally with my training is just, you know, summer I went hard, man. I went really freaking hard trail running, climbing, training, and then that continued in the fall. And, uh, you know, just from being an athlete, there's in season, post season, off season, preseason. And I think it's just unrealistic to expect to be at this like peak fitness. <laughs> well, a better way to say it is it's not realistic to be at the top of your fitness 365 days a year. In fact, it's, I would argue impossible, but, um, so adding these undulations throughout the year and the seasons, I think is super important. And I think that keeps you wild for years to come. So, Honestly, where I'm at right now is kind of just a recovery maintenance phase. I'm not really trying to build up a ton of fitness right now. I'm trying to work on my mobility, recover. Just I've got the few just, I wouldn't even call them injuries. They're just little tweaks. I've got a little bit of medial epicondylitis, which is essentially golfer's elbow on my right arm, which is a bummer, but it's just starting to heat up a little bit. So I'm going to take a week or two off of any aggressive pulling and see if that'll just kind of nip in the bud. And then my right knee, I tweaked last fall, not a big deal. I just, I was walking down this really steep hill and slipped. I honestly, I only notice the knee thing when I do pistols. So, which is, you know, uh, 
it's not like you uh, walk, you hike a mountain doing pistols, but I just, I like being able to do them, especially pain-free. So working on getting back, um, working on that right knee as well. So I was flipping through my notes here and what I'm noticing, it's more like themes versus specifics is what I'm going to talk about. But pretty much every morning, the first anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour I'm focused exclusively on flexibility and mobility. So I do this kind of monkey-fied version of a sun salutation yoga flow, just opening up the hips, back. It's just it's a pretty comprehensive routine. I like it. I don't have to think. And uh, it's just something I've done for, for many years, and it seems to have worked well. So I've been doing this, like I said, this monkey-fied yoga flow. And I'll mix it up. You know, I'll throw in some push-ups, some squats, Maybe even grab a dumbbell or kettlebell and throw some stuff in with that as well. I've got a strap, which is actually a jujitsu belt that I'll just use to stretch out my shoulders. And then I'll typically do just a little squat routine. One thing I've been doing recently is I've got a kettlebell. I'll do pumpkin squats and I'll hold those. I'll essentially do like a pause pumpkin squat. So I'll hold the kettlebell so it's hanging with my arms extended. And I'm, I'm holding underneath the kettlebell. So like you're picking up a pumpkin, I'll squat down as low as I can. And I'll just hang out there for like a five count. And that really helps open up my hips, ankles, knees, everything. It just having that weight helps kind of pull you down that extra little bit. So again, I'm typically starting with kind of this yoga flow. And then I'll, I've been doing actually quite a bit of foam rolling with a trigger point foam roller. And then I also have just this little massage ball. It's called the orb. I'll use those just kind of one more tweak I've had has been in my hip flexor. So I'll really smash that baby out. Just try and loosen that up. Do a lot of couch stretches. Just trying to get that. Uh, it's my right hip flexor and quad has been super tight as well. So I've, again, this is like, I'm going to call it postseason recovery, mobility, flexibility, and maintenance phase. And then probably, you know, I'll probably continue on this way, honestly, till the new year and start to ramp up for spring, summer. But, you know, again, I think it's really important. And I think if you look historically, you know, people would probably chill out a little more in the fall, winter. It's just the days are shorter. The, uh, you know, you're probably not hunting as much. You might have, you hopefully have food stored up for the summer. So just thinking about it from like this evolutionary standpoint, like especially in higher latitude areas, you know, you're, you're going to be a little more chill during the winter months. If you live in the tropics, man, you got to get out there and be wild. So I feel like kind of a lot of these podcasts, I'm always being like, yeah, you guys, you gotta, you gotta slow down, take it easy. And I just want to make it very clear that I that's, it's a very, it's like a yin and yang. It's a, it's so important. You got to recover. You got to rehab. You got to prehab. You got to work on flexibility, mobility, all that. But you also got to bring it, be wild and be intense, but you just got to do that in a very smart, intentional way. So, you know, I've just noticed, I know there's several episodes where I'll talk about, you know, taking it easy and all that, or at least backing off a little bit. And I want to make it very clear that it's important, but it's also something that balances out that intensity side. And, and it, it does take discipline as well. I think, you know, the, the episode I just, the episode I just recorded yesterday, actually, 
about Earl's question about FOMO and training and all that, you know, there, I think, especially in the States, we have this mindset of like, you have to suffer every single workout to be making gains and improving and all that. And if you don't, if you train and you're not dripping sweat and quivering afterwards, you didn't work hard and all that. But actually I've been reading a book called the quick and the dead, which I've mentioned on previous episodes. It's by Pavel Tatsulin. He's a strong first guy. He's, he's a wild man. He's a super smart strength and conditioning coach. He's been on Joe Rogan a few times. He's been on a, actually several different podcasts, but he's really, what I really appreciate about him is he can break down these super complex training comp, uh, concepts and communicate it to, you know, a layperson. So in his whole, their whole thing with strong first and Pavel's thing is it's not that you're lazy. It's not to chill out all the time and be lazy. It's just intentional training and that Soviet style training, most of it was done at a relatively comfortable pace. And then there would be undulations and ramp ups for competition and all that, but it allowed them to train more actually, because they weren't constantly breaking down their body. So just something to think about and great book. Actually, I would highly recommend it. I'm actually experimenting with the quick and the dead program myself. So I'll let you guys know how that goes in about a month and a half. One thing I've been focusing on a lot with just, again, flipping back through my journal is core. So a ton of core intensive training and also my back. So doing a lot of extension work. So Superman's hip extensions, single leg glute bridges, uh, the yoga pose, the wheel, the back bridge, all that stuff. Just trying to, I had a sciatic thing several years. This was actually the year I got married. So that would have been 20. 14. I had this sciatic thing going on for like almost a year. It was a bummer and definitely don't want to do that again. So I've been doing a lot of prehab back work. And then, you know, again, a lot of it's just micro workouts, you know, I'll go, uh, hop outside, jump up and down 20 times, do some push ups, do some pull ups. You know, it's just, it's nothing complicated. Just get the blood flowing, get moving. 360 monkey 360. I love for these little micro workouts throughout the day. I'll do maybe a Tabata or I'll just kind of make up some exercises to just pop out off the top of my head. So typically like a chopping motion, a flexing motion. I like doing the lunge jumps. I like doing the monkey slams. I mean, grizzly punches, it's all that. And it's fun too. You know, it's just, uh, having that dynamic resistance. I really enjoy and it gets up my heart rate, gets that rotational training, helps loosen up. It gets in that, what did I say? It gets in that rotational training, helps loosen up my back, especially if I'm pounding keys, which, oh man. A little side note, my folks are visiting and my dad was giving me shit for, you know, I was all growing up. I was always saying, I don't want a desk job, but now I'm at a desk all the time. So got to work on that. I think I need to get behind the video camera some more and uh, get some monkey workout vids going. So stay tuned for that. Final thing I'll touch on is walking. I've been doing a lot of walking. We got, we have some open space right out our backyard, almost trails. It's great. Sunny all the time here in Colorado. 
If you don't have that, walk around the block, rock, walk around the neighborhood. That was what, that's what I was doing as our old place is it was like a three mile loop around the neighborhood. Take the dog, take my daughter, take both. It was just a great way to spend time, listen to podcasts. And I, it was actually, I used it a lot for just kind of working things out in my head that when I'm in motion like that, whether it's just walking around the neighborhood or when I would go on long runs, I, I can kind of just mull things over in my head and maybe it's something about the increased oxygen intake or just the way the blood's pumping through and maybe you're getting more stuff to your head. I don't know what it is, but I just, I seem to be able to think more clearly than if I'm just sitting. So I've been doing a ton of walking. I've got this four mile out and back. I'll do pretty regularly throwing a five mile or here and there. It's just, again, the issue I mentioned in the previous episode is it's the time, right? So I'd love to go on a 10 mile walk or hike multiple times a week, but that's just, it's hard to get that chunk of time. So one thing I'd be interested to try is there's a gal, Katie Bowman. If you haven't heard of her, she's awesome. She's a biomechanist has she has a podcast. She's written books. She has a website. Really cool thinker. But I think earlier this year she did something where she was trying to walk 10 miles a day for, I can't remember if it was a month or several months, but she said it, I, I sent her a quick note and she said it was taking her around three to three and a half hours. So I think that's something if you woke up early, you know, pounded out like a solid hour and a half hard. And then if you could get in maybe like you know, another, maybe two more 45 minute walks throughout the day, like a lunchtime and then an evening, it doesn't seem that impossible. So I'm just, I'm using the walking for that low intensity cardio. I used it to just kind of this moving meditation. And then I'll, I'm honestly using it to ramp back up for running. So I think just that time on your feet, you know, whether you're walking or running, I think that really helps a lot, especially on trails where, you know, you end up hiking a decent amount anyways, especially uphill. So that's kind of my training update. So if you guys have questions or I'd love to hear what you guys are up to as well, just kind of what type of phase you're in. But, you know, if you don't have anything on the horizon and you've been going hard all summer, you know, maybe take, take the time, start, keep a journal, see what you're doing, and then adjust that for your certain goals, your situation, whatever it is, and then uh, make a plan to ramp up for something wild. So thanks for tuning in, monkeys. See you guys out there. Monkey on. Monkey on.